Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, Day 32. So yesterday we played with placing an arbitrary constraint on your writing, limiting you to words of only one syllable and seeing what happened. I enjoy, um, enjoy is probably too non-committal a word, I, in, I adore exercises like this because they break us out of our habits and paradoxically set us free. Often when we start to realise we've been obeying internalised unconscious rules all our writing lives, with that realisation comes an explosion of creativity as we discover we can make new ones. My interest in this sort of monkey business started when I got tangled up with the French experimental literature group, the Ulipo. Me and a couple of friends of mine tried for a while to get accepted by uh, writing some deeply scatological verse until such point as the president of Ulipo, Paul Thornell, uh, recorded a video statement declaring that we were not and never had been affiliated with the group and that they did not endorse our work. We were, of course, delighted and very grateful. The Ulipo were and still are interested in placing restrictions on language to force originality. They emerged in part as a reaction against surrealism, arguing that painting a man with a lobster for an arm doesn't liberate you from anything, and having no rules just means you fall into old habits you don't realise you're following. The Ulipo once called themselves rats escaping from a maze of their own design. Two points, in case this all sounds terribly pretentious. One, most of the time they were joking. Two, restrictions on language are actually really common. We find them everywhere. You know, the limerick is, is, is a form of language with arbitrary restrictions, as is any rhyming poem or, you know, or a haiku. Uh, pop songs have internal rules about words having to rhyme with other words and number of syllables in line lines, and they make up their own rules and then and then follow them throughout the song. And, and, and maybe, you know, you they, they, they have an internal rule that you have to have a phrase that repeats over and over every time you reach this bit called a chorus. All that the Ulipo suggested was that instead of following rules that already exist, why not have a go at making up your own? So one form that I'd like you to try today, and look, it might go really, it might go really badly uh, in the sense that the piece of writing it produces is not reflective of your best work. But on the other hand, you know, there's not really any, there's not really such thing as it going badly. It might switch on part of your writer's brain that have never been switched on before. Make you notice work in a way you haven't previously and sort of stimulate the growth of a whole growth of a whole new eyeball on the side of your head. Um, sorry, that metaphor got slightly lost. Anyway, something might do something. Certainly will be new to you. So, so you're going to take your by now mythic scene that you've been rewriting and tell it again. You know, maybe you could go back to the original version if that's easiest, so we're not straying too far from the source, or, or, or you know, use any of them as a base. I don't mind. But today you're going to have a stab at writing uh, what the Ulipo called a lipogram. This is an Ulipian form where you pick a letter and you do not use that letter anywhere in the text. Uh, it usually helps if it's a common one, uh, as, as you know, some of the less common letters are a bit, maybe a bit too easy. Um, Georges Perec wrote an entire novel this way, La Disparation, which uh, doesn't contain the letter E. Some critics, when they came to review the novel, didn't notice. Um, it is available in English um, under the uh, title A Void. Um, I'm not saying that that's a miniature review, but I think it's less successful in English than it was in French. Anyway, I suggest the letter you try to remove in your experiment today is the letter A. I think in English that's about mid-level difficulty, writing an entire scene without using the letter A. Um, it still lets you have the pronouns, he, she, they, it. You still get to have past tense endings with uh, ed. You can still have present continuous with ing. 
but some words that you included in your original version will have to change. I, I would be amazed if you wrote the original version accidentally without using A. If the scene is set at a table in a cafe, well, you're going to have to be creative about how you might relay what's there, given your new constraint. She sat. No, she can't have sat. Um, She sits at. No, she, we can't have at. Um, She sits before the dishes of food in the diner gosh i don't know um this isn't actually my challenge it's yours it's for you to do you won't be able to have um you won't be able to have obviously a you won't be able to have the indefinite article everything will have to be the uh, of course you can tweak some of the details if you need to you know apples might become kiwis but on the other hand an apple can become the fruit or the peeled coxes or the golden delicious or, or some apposite metaphor you know it's up to you how you get around these things but as far as you can match the original or at least the poetic truth of it even if some elements get swapped out right so either you're feeling excited or hugely intimidated by now by now fortunately no lives are on the line here this is just about an opportunity for you to play um i hope you have some fun with this Rewrite your scene from previous days without using the letter A. Let's see how you get on. Right, ready? Three, two, one, go.
And that's your lot. How was that? How did you get on? Completely stymied? Or did you manage a few sentences? Now, now don't worry if you you came completely unglued. I don't want to constantly softball you with exercises that don't run the risk of your careening into a ditch, right? Embracing the possibility of creative disaster in small controlled doses is, I, I think, at least very healthy. And alongside these risks comes the possibility of discovery, of happy accidents, of, yes, good stuff happening. I hope the process of looking again at a sentence and considering if there isn't another way of writing it and not just the first one that came to your mind, it is useful. Some of your alternatives over the past couple of days may have turned out surprisingly well in places. You know, I hope that occasionally your second go at writing a sentence sounded a bit better than the first. And you thought, oh, yeah, that is now I look at it that way, that is better. But even if they haven't, you know, our purpose here is to really shake loose your attachment to the cluster of habits you might have come to think of as open bunny quotes, your voice, closed bunny quotes. I hope as a writer you'll come to discover that you have many voices at your disposal, none less authentic for sounding different to your habits. You know, you you contain multitudes, but some of those multitudes are shyer than others, and all of them deserve a little love and encouragement if we're going to coax them out to play. Okay, are we good? Do you still trust me? Please at least trust yourself. You're doing great. Well done. I'll see you tomorrow. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.